This episode of The Energy Pipeline is sponsored by Caterpillar Oil & Gas. Since the 1930s, Caterpillar has manufactured engines for drilling, production, well service, and gas compression. With more than 2,100 dealer locations worldwide, Caterpillar offers customers a dedicated support team to assist with their premier power solutions. The Energy Pipeline is your lifeline to all things oil and gas to drill down deep into the issues impacting our industry. From the frack site to the future of sustainability, hear more about industry issues, tools, and resources to streamline and modernize the future of oil and gas. Welcome to the Energy Pipeline. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Energy Pipeline. Today, we are at the Houston Museum of Natural Sciences with a very new guest. It is Dustin Newcomb. Dustin, say hello. Hello. We are also joined by one of our co-hosts, Bill. Bill, it's good to have you back. Thank you. Glad to be here. I am so excited. We have spent a long time setting this up and getting everything going so we can bring you all a very educational and fun episode. So today we are going to be exploring the Wise Energy Hall. And luckily, Dustin is an expert on this area. He works here and knows the ins and outs. So we're going to kick it off with some questions for Dustin and get to talking about this museum. Are you ready, Dustin? Okay, so can you introduce yourself and your role at the museum? Sure. Uh, My name is Dustin Newcomb. I'm one of the exhibit directors here. I was um, a project manager on this uh, Weiss Energy Hall project back in 2015 when we started and uh, opened in 2018. I worked for a design build company at the time and then after we opened uh, the museum asked me to stay on and run the hall and help them with a bunch of other special projects so so you must be pretty good i'm okay (laughs) we hate modesty here tell us how great you are (laughs) um okay well and am I saying it right? The Wise Energy Hall? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was. I feel like I should have asked that beforehand. <laughs> yeah, the Weiss uh, family is a big, big donor family in Houston. Okay, so this is something that I'm going to parlay into that is a really big topic right now in oil and gas and honestly most technical industries, which is education. Everyone wants to talk about we should educate people, but they don't often talk about how or what we're actually doing. This hall clearly is a large educational investment. Can you tell us a little bit more about the significance of this as a platform for educating on energy? Yeah, sure. Um, So back before 2015, this was located in the lower level. It was about a third the size and really only covered um, oil and gas primarily, um, had a couple of really small exhibits dedicated to uh, renewables and future tech and some of the unconventional uh, resources. So when we were talking about redoing that hall, we decided to go ahead and put it up here on the fourth floor. This was a storage space. Um, we decided to expand it and try and capture all of the educational aspects of um, all of the different types of uh, energy. I mean, Houston is an energy hub, right? Yeah. World-class city, so we needed a world-class exhibit to um, represent that. 
That's amazing. Okay. So Bill, do you want to ask the next question? Question number three on our list. I think it's a good one. Well, it certainly is. Dustin, uh, this is not done. It's a private enterprise here. So we're looking for what the donations are, how you've gone about finding those generous donations from all the different companies. How does that worked out for you? Well, luckily, Houston is um, full of oil and gas companies and subsidiaries. And um, yeah, it, as an energy hub, it was kind of easy to <laughs> to get people involved and interested in the new energy hall. Uh, we worked with uh, a myriad of companies for not only the funding, but um, content and educational aspects. Um, we took a bunch of trips and we were able to um, check out uh, a lot of the companies and what they actually do in Houston, which was really insightful and in, in trying to put all of this together. And um, yeah, we even took a trip out to the Gulf to a oil platform, um, which I had never done. So it was kind of cool. It is interesting on those when you land and you see what it's all about. With that, the mission that the Energy Hall here is generating and expanding to provide to the community. How has that helped? Were you able to develop a central focus? Yeah, we worked with um, a lot of the educators here in the museum. We've got a really strong education department, so we were working with their um, uh, kind of requirements for HISD so we can hit school-age groups. And then also with the oil and gas energy and energy sector, uh, a lot of those companies are using this as a training platform as well. So we were able to kind of uh, cross the streams, so to speak. Excellent. Well, as we walked in this morning, I saw a great deal of groups. So does STEM play into this as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, part of the HISD requirements is that we um, we hit on all of the STEM and we tried to throw in a little bit of you know, scenic art in there as well to give it some eye candy. Yeah, you do a really good job of that. I mean, it's a gorgeous hall and it's, I I feel like I'm in a spaceship almost. It's, it's very intense. Um, And when we asked about, you know, the fact that you guys had very large donations, I went on your website and it's not, you know, hundred, two hundred dollars, it millions and millions of dollars. Like this has been a ginormous initiative, not just from you guys, but the energy sector as a whole. And when you say easy, I'm sure you mean relatively easy to, you know, ask them for this money. But how what was the process of that like to, you know, meet with these companies and convince them, like, hey, like we want to do this? How, how did you convey to them your vision? Sure. So we um, put together a really comprehensive um, marketing book Mm -hmm. that had some really high-end renders. So before we do anything, we build the space in model space and we render it out with the lighting, everything down to the carpet. Wow. So when we presented this to donors, um, you know, we give them an opportunity to put their names on individual exhibits as well as the halls. Um, you know, people jump at the chance to do that. So, um, yeah, it was it was an interesting process altogether. That was the first time I had um, actually met with a lot of the really large companies um, and sitting next to like the president of a, a large oil and gas company and just you know talking about fishing, you know, that kind of thing was really cool. So. That's neat. I imagine the storyboard that went into this, as you say, to 
illustrate and impress upon them what it would be is a rather thick book. Yeah, so we developed content first and hit uh, a lot of the bullet points, and then we were able to flesh it out with our um, relationships with all of the indiv individual energy companies and kind of work with them to help um, create more content. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, um, so I guess you guys put all this work in, made this possible. What about when you guys were thinking our mission is to educate, we want to have this thing for the public that like right now we're here and there's a kid's camp here. A lot of people seem to be stumped by the idea of education and how to go about it. Like, how did you guys put it into perspective and say like, this is how we do it? Well, it's um, energy in general is pretty complex to wrap your head around. So we uh, essentially kind of, dumbed down the content for lack of a better term um so it was less academic and more um uh, easily translatable mm -hmm. for folks to really understand so that the you know a average person can come in here and really walk away with a, a comprehensive understanding of energy from the big bang all the way up to you know um downstream midstream upstream and oil and gas and then uh, we have a whole section on future energy uh, and kind of the cutting edge um, in, uh, cutting edge technologies that are coming up. So we were able to kind of sneak some of that into some of the cool stuff, like I hover like cars. That. Yeah, no, that's, that's nice considering a big topic or buzzword, should I say, gotta love thrown in a buzzword is energy transition, this energy. Like you guys are just looking at it like there's an extension, there's more technology, here's what we see coming rather than we're leaving all this behind and this is what we're transitioning to. Would you say you see it as more of a cohesive picture of how it all goes together? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we hit on the history of um, oil and gas, especially in Texas, um, you know, Spindletop or Geovator uh, allows you to go down into the ground and back in time and then shoot out of an oil derrick. So um, we hit on uh, most of the processes that are in play right now. So a really good comprehensive view on how we get our energy, um, everything from you know, standard oil and gas to uh, renewables. And then some. we hit on a lot of the unconventional things that people don't really realize, like shale and methane, and that kind of play into our, um, our systems as well. Um, all of that content uh, we put together and then we worked with uh, companies and uh, people in the energy sector that are working on um, like really some really far out uh, ways of capturing that energy like plasma and um, fusion and you know, some of the stuff that isn't really available right now, but they're in the process of honing it. Would you say that some of these exhibits that we have today are able to allow us to see that in the interactive portion of it to allow us to experience some of the things that you might not know about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, a bunch of different learning styles. And so, you know, we wanted a space that was really uh, thematic and um, immersive so that you could come in uh, not only you know, scroll through and read some interesting content, but also watch uh, an animation that explains it in detail. So we, we invested a lot of time and energy in trying to make sure that uh, when you leave here, you have a, you know, a pretty good knowledge of at least one portion of, of the energy sector. 
as big as it is, it's rather a, a small group and a small amount of things that go on, but yet it's still very, very large. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. I would like to ask a question about, is there a certain exhibit here that, like you said, you guys have tried to, for lack of better words, dumb things down, or should we say simplify? I think that's a nice way to say it. Um, I'm, I always forget to be nice, but we'll be nice today. So there is, is there a specific exhibit here, like maybe fracking or um, something else that maybe is often misunderstood, but you guys did a really good job of breaking it down, simplifying it to where now any common person could come in and understand what that process is. Absolutely. I mean, I am uh, by far the dumbest person I know. So I I did not know anything about fracking until we started this uh, project. And that was a really interesting process to go through and understand and all of the different um, parts of that that come together in order to pull that stuff out of the ground. So we try to um, put a nice little bow on some of that. And, you know, when we talk about all of this, we're just stating the facts. So we're not trying to, um, you know, push one point or another, but we did want to make sure that everybody, um, since fracking is a huge part of the way we get our resources in Texas. um, So we wanted to make sure everybody was able to come away with a base understanding of that. Uh, we put together the um, EFX 3000, which is a spaceship, essentially, that allows you to shrink down and uh, go into the ground and um, be part of that process. So it, it was a, a really cool learning tool, um, really cool process altogether. That, that sounds so awesome. Um, I'm excited because the next episode we record with you today is going to be, what is fracking? I wanted to call it what the frack, but I don't think that people <laughs> would have thought that was fully appropriate. So I decided to keep it educational. And I do like how you made the point on you guys, you have this mission to be educational, non-biased. And for me, I struggle with that sometimes. And this is an educational podcast. So I like having third parties like you all coming on here and you know having these exhibits that really are just meant to educate and teach people about these concepts would you say i guess you you said you didn't know about fracking before so was it pretty easy to be unbiased or did you have any biases coming into this um not really i mean i'm i try and stay open on you know it it, it is a hot button topic with a lot of people and um but it's also uh, really you know part of part of the landscape so there, there is, uh, it's underlying in uh, most of the, yeah, the, what we get from the energy, sorry, I'm stumbling over my words here. But uh, so that being so ubiquitous and in the uh, culture and in the energy sector, um, I think it was really important to try and uh, learn that and incorporate it and not have a biased view on it. Um, yeah, like I said, a lot of what we do is, in here at least, is try and uh, just tell the facts. You know, like this is a, a really um, comprehensive view on all of the energy uh, applications and processes here. You've mentioned energy a couple of different times and the, the 3000 where you're able to shrink down. A big guy like me getting that small would be tough perhaps, but still nonetheless. Things like the energy jukebox and that, are those interactive displays can you just share a little bit more about them and how they assist in that learning process? 
Yeah, um, that was really fun to work with a lot of the artists that put that, that together. Um, so we wanted to do more of like a, um, a schoolhouse rock style of uh, content there and a way to deliver that. And so catchy songs that people would be able to memorize and walk away with, especially kids. Um, we had our design team worked with a lot of um, musicians that actually are in their normal life, play you know, rock bands and they're, they're out playing venues. So they were uh, able to come together and put some of these songs together with our content team uh, yeah, to help deliver them. What is a song that is from the jukebox that gets stuck in your head the most? And can you sing it for us? No. <laughs> Um, I have luckily blocked all of that from my mind because they are so catchy. He just doesn't want to sing for us, but maybe I will try to insert a clip of it into here. We'll see what the copyright issues are like on that, but that would be fun if you remember it and you want to give us a little solo, knock yourself out. <laughs> um, okay, well, so what we've seen today, especially when I was trying to park, is that there's summer camp going on. I think I mentioned that earlier in the podcast. What other ways has or have the um, community utilized you all as a educational resource? And how do they go about that? Like, say if they do want to do a summer camp or a class field trip or something like that, how do you all help foster it to where it's very accessible for communities to come in, use your stuff? Our educational department um, has a lot of community outreach. So they work not only with schools, but with um, homeschool groups and um different uh, areas of the community to help pull people in. So we'll have overnights here. Uh, we'll have summer camps, like you said. Um, and then we try and kind of gamify some of this too. So it's um, not dry learning, but people are actually up here uh, able to explore and, and have fun. And we do work with uh, a lot of companies. So their interns, intern groups will come through and um, we'll be able to uh, showcase some areas for them that apply to the energy um, sector that they work in. Yeah, I wish I would have come and seen this when I started my first internship in oil and gas because I remember my first thing I did was oil and gas service company and it was kind of midstream, kind of upstream. And I was like so confused for one between downstream, midstream, upstream. And then I learned in upstream there's you know, there's fracking, there's uh, all the drilling and the completions, and then you go to production. And I wish even as an adult, when I had that, that I could have come here and walk through it, because then I think I would have had it click a lot sooner. And like you said, having interns come here, I think that's genius. Like, I think this is a very interesting exhibit that you guys have. So I, I don't really have a question there. I just wanted to comment. I think that it's really cool. And I'm, I'm jealous of myself now that Five years ago, I couldn't come and check this out. I wish I would have realized it existed. Um, I guess a question out of that would be what kind of, uh, I guess, marketing, promoting do you guys do to where people know about this place? Uh, a lot of the technology that we used here when we opened in 2018, it was um, like Energy City behind us mm -hmm. was uh, some of the cutting edge stuff that nobody else had done. So we invested a lot of time and energy on that. And that kind of... Uh, that was its, its own marketing tool. Um, our marketing department is really strong and, uh, like I said, works with a lot of the funders and other groups. So um, it 
put us on the map when we opened, and um, a lot of um, museums have since um, incorporated some of the stuff that we've done. But uh, I would say that we were we were kind of the first on a lot of this to put it out there into the public. So that that really uh, helped bring people in. It's a wonderful, wonderful museum that you have here. Lots of things. Uh, being in the industry, as Jordan said, being confused. I've been in it for 47 years, and I'm still learning many different things about it. And to, to see some of this helps to drive that point home that there's a lot of different things and a lot of things that even people that have been in it for as long as I have and longer still learn and can learn from it. And you provide a home to foster that. And it looks lovely. And I'm glad that we're here today. You've done well. Um, so how has, I guess since 2018, has there been any involvement in any of the exhibits or has it been the same since 2018? We have updated some of the content. So about every five years, we, we will go through and look at what's changed in the industry, what's coming up and what's new. Um, right now, we're not going to change out any of the physical interactives or exhibits. Um, we've kind of amended, excuse me, some things. You're good. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have uh, updated a lot of the content and um, animations and uh, photographs and things like that. Some of the easier stuff to do kind of on our schedule. Um, in addition to this hall, I'm also project managing um, three other halls. So um, oh one that just opened for sharks and Tutankhamun and then um, a matter in motion, which is uh, quantum physics to or astrophysics to quantum chemistry. That's what it is. So I uh, have to learn a little bit about everything, mm -hmm. which is really cool. But um, yeah, we, we have a pretty heavy rotation with our exhibits. So trying to uh, parse this out so that we can update the content, but not... Um, get caught up in our, our loss of resources. What is cooler, sharks or fracking? <laughs> There's only one right answer. Yeah, that one's a hard one. Uh, fracking's pretty cool. I, I mean, I think sharks are cool, but yeah, fracking's cool too. <laughs> Set you up on that one. Um, okay, so as you guys have opened up, what impact would you say you guys have had on the community that you've personally noticed? Um, since being here in 2018 and how has that kind of evolved over time? Well, it's kind of cool to meet people out in the wild who work in the energy sector. And when I tell them where I work um, and, you know, they put two and two together there, most of the people in Houston have been to Weiss Energy Hall or know about it. So that kind of recognition out in the energy sector is really cool to come across. And uh, I think just, seeing this as a teaching tool has been really eye-opening, um, especially when we design and, and develop other exhibits. This, is, this was a good litmus test and it kind of broke the mold for the museum moving forward. If you had to incorporate another kind of energy, say you get a fifth floor magically, what other kind of sector would you really focus on? Like any upcoming new energy types that you think would deserve a lot of attention? Yeah, fusion. Um, I, I would delve more into the experimental stuff just because it, it seems to be growing exponentially now. Um, and I think there's a lot of avenues we could explore with that. Um, yeah, especially scenically, artistically, that would be kind of fun to do. 
yeah, no, I, I imagine that would be really cool. Um, Bill, did you have some more questions? I'm really, I'm, I'm just taken back by how neat really and truly this place is. And as you, as we continue to move forward, you talked about uh, updating and continuing to evolve, tune it, if you will, to be educational for people and to continue to do that. Do you have anything that's ground shaking other than say the fusion component of it, some of that next generation things that'll come about as far as poof, it all happens this way? Um, not off the top of my head, I think, you know, um, going back and taking a look at some of the advances in the technology and incorporating um, actual pieces of technology would be good as far as like a collections viewpoint. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we, we built this so that it is more of a flex space so we can easily pull out a section and redo it. Uh, I think at some point here, we're going to really sit down and, and start uh, looking at that and trying to update here as we get kind of closer to the 10-year mark. I'm excited to see that when it happens. Um, just a couple more questions in this episode. I feel like I should have asked this sooner, um, but for whatever reason, I love to do things out of order. When someone comes to the Wise Energy Hall, what kinds of exhibits do they see? Like, I know we've mentioned fracking, we mentioned a few other things, but what are some of the other more popular exhibits? I kind of want to do a little video tour possibly later, um, but what is something that they could anticipate seeing if they came here? Uh, well, we spent a considerable portion of the exhibit talking about um, kind of the, the history of our knowledge of, of energy and um, kind of the academic view of it, right? So everything from the uh, formation of the universe to um, hydrocarbons that are being formed in the sea, things like that. So um, when you when you come here and you can you can actually go through everything chronologically, like from the Big Bang bang all the way to you know conventional hydrocarbons and future tech, or um, the way we laid it out, you can kind of explore and and whatever catches your eye. You know, there's a lot of eye candy up here, so being able to go and check out a giant spinning drill bit and learn a little bit there or pop over to um, Energy City. So we have a bunch of little vignettes here that talk about the different energy sources as well and kind of put it all together for you. Tying that together, is there one that is more of an attraction than another for people when they come? Which yeah, one I think is that? Energy City has kind of put us on the map. So a lot of people will come and just park themselves here for a good 45 minutes and watch the show. My office used to be up here and I would come out here with my laptop and work. It's a very Zen space. So nice. I like it a lot. Um, in this day and age, I, I feel like oil and gas has always been a bit of a polarizing topic, but when you guys were, you know, taking over the fourth floor and making this exhibit happen, was there any pushback by any regulatories or commissions or anything that was like, no, we don't want to spend this much money on oil and gas. No, we don't want to dedicate a floor. Or was there an overwhelming amount of support for this exhibit? Uh, overwhelming support from all of our uh, funders and from um, a lot of groups in the energy sector and consortiums. Uh, yeah, we, we definitely wanted to kind of give a, a really comprehensive and accurate outlay of, so the majority of, of this is oil and gas. Um, but we also have a large section about renewables and you know that um, that portion i think reflects how it actually is in the wild right so the amount of renewables versus oil and gas it's kind of that 
uh, squeezing the balloon, at some point that'll you know become a, a greater asset. But uh, right now, oil and gas is still kind of our our um, meat and potatoes. I like that. I like oil and gas, and I like meat and potatoes. So that's a good <laughs> good combination there. Um, okay. Well, I think. I've just about asked all my questions for this episode. I guess one more that I'll have is maybe somebody's not in Houston. Maybe they don't have access to come here. Is there anything in this journey that you've learned that would translate to, say, another company or individual that wants to get more involved in the educational outreach for this energy industry? Do you have any tips for them of what they could do other than come here? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I'll have to think about that. Um, I know we have a lot of online resources and we've worked with, um, groups to help take portions of this and put it online. Uh, a lot of our animations and, and teaching tools, uh, can be used that way. So I think that's, I mean, the internet is probably our easiest and best resource at this point. Gotta love the internet. I think Sammy told me that you all recently launched a podcast. Is this something that comes up in that podcast that you're aware of any of these topics or is it more about the museum in general? Uh, museum encompasses a wide array of topics. So this has come up um, maybe a couple times, okay. but you know, there's also sharks and Tutankhamun and things like that that we have to compete with. I mean, sharks are pretty cool, so that's going to be a rough one, but it <laughs> looks like they'll need to go check that out. Do you know the name of that podcast? Um, not off the top of my head. We'll link it below. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's just about all I have. Bill, anything else you have before we sign off? I'm good. Thank you. I, I like it. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Energy Pipeline. I'm your host, Jordan Yates, and I'll see you next time. Come back next week for another episode of The Energy Pipeline, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.